Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on April 3rd, 2022. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There, you'll find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to support the ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Jan Rood with the Gospel reading. The Holy Gospel for this fifth Sunday in Lent is found in the Gospel according to St. John, the 12th chapter, beginning with the first verse. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The Gospel of the Lord. In the parable that Jesus told in our Gospel reading one week ago, we learned that there are many ways to be lost. The most obvious ones were evident in that parable in the person who's often called the prodigal son. To begin with, this family member seemed lost, in, lost in the notion that the whole world revolved around his personal needs and his desires. And then through his actions, we learned that this self-absorption caused him to completely disregard important commitments and cultural expectations, like even family loyalty and respect for elders. It also caused him to behave in ways that were self-destructive, even to the point of losing his ability to know who he was in the world. Later in the story, all of this and more was named by his father when he said, this son of mine was lost and now is found. That didn't sit well with the brother in that parable that Jesus told the brother who stayed at home and tried to do what was right. As it turned out, that son was also lost. He was lost in his own rule-following world where everyone gets what they deserve without exception. He was lost in the notion that an outpouring of love toward one person would result in less love and attention for him and less of the material things he deserved to have. But the character in Jesus' parable, who seems to be even more lost than those two sons, is the father. When he rushed out to embrace the wayward son who had left the family and lavished him with costly gifts, 
that prodigal father showed how completely lost he was in love. Any habits he may have had of protecting his resources wisely and guarding himself against risks were all forgotten in the moment that he saw his son from afar. It may have been foolish to pour out affection at that point, but you do foolish things when you are lost in love. I have carried those images from that parable with me throughout this week, so it's no surprise that they now have formed the lens through which I see the gospel story that we heard today. For me, it has become now a living parable about real people who are lost. To begin with, in the story we just heard, there is Judas, a man who is lost in his own desire to get what he can for himself. There isn't an inheritance to tempt him, but there is money in the common purse that he keeps for the community of Jesus' followers. And Judas cannot resist skimming off a portion of that for himself. Presumably, Jesus knew that this was happening, which means that he too was lost. Lost like the father in last week's parable. It was foolish to let Judas anywhere near the money, just like it was foolish to welcome him to the Passover feast six days later in Jerusalem. The one who dips his hand with me in the dish will betray me, Jesus announced on that night. And then he turned to Judas along with the others, Judas the betrayer, and said, this is my body given for you. This is my blood poured out for you. You do foolish things when you are lost in love. And that brings me to Mary of Bethany. What in the world was she thinking? She poured out a whole pound of costly perfume on Jesus' feet. We are told that it would take the annual salary of an average laborer at that time to buy that much perfume. Can you imagine pouring out your annual salary as an act of love and gratitude? And who here does not agree with Judas in spite of his twisted motives? When he says, why was this perfume not sold and the money given to the poor? That seems perfectly rational. But in God's economy, there is room for foolishness such as this, along with the never-ending call to be generous toward the poor who we always have among us. One does not exclude the other. There can be generosity in both ways because in God's reign, there is always more than enough for all. I still wonder, though, what the source of that love was for Mary here. It helps to remember that the last time we heard how things smelled was in the story right before this in John's Gospel when the body of Mary's brother Lazarus had the powerful smell of death. It was Mary's sister, Martha, who called attention to this when Jesus told people to take away the stone covering the tomb of Lazarus. Lord, she said, already there is a stench because he has been dead for four days. But now here Lazarus is seated at the table beside Jesus, 
the one who raised him from the dead. And now the new smell that fills the room is the sweet fragrance of a perfume poured out lavishly and freely by a sister whose whole life now is overflowing with gratitude. It reminds me of the last line of a song that I have sung since childhood, which also names what it is like to be lost in this way. The title of the song is heard in the first line, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling. And then the last line of the song describes what happens when this divine love fills our whole being. As the songwriter says, we become lost in wonder, in love, and in praise. Perhaps you have known something of this in your own journey through life. Perhaps you too have been lost in love to the point where you have failed to count the cost. Perhaps there have been times when your instinct to guard yourself against risk has been abandoned. Times when you have foolishly given yourself away without any guarantee of what will be gained because of a love that compels you to be lavish and generous. If so, then you have also known something of what it means to love in the way that God loves. Something of the truth that Jesus speaks about in his call to us when he says, those who want to save their life will lose it. But those who lose their life for my sake will save it. In the next two weeks, all that we see and hear about God in Jesus Christ will bring this truth home to us. In the world's eyes, it is foolish and perhaps naive for Jesus to go to Jerusalem knowing full well what will happen there. Earlier gospel stories have revealed multiple plots to kill Jesus that have been contrived by people who hold power in that holy city. And Jesus himself has said that he would be killed when he goes there. But with perfume on his feet, Jesus will enter the city and fill it with the fragrance of love. Love poured out lavishly for all people who are lost in the notion that the world revolves around their personal needs and desires. Love poured out for all people who are lost in a world of rule following where everyone gets what they deserve without exception. And all people who are lost in the notion that an outpouring of love toward one person or one group will result in less love and attention for them, less of the material things that they deserve to have. We might see ourselves in this in many different ways. And in the foolishness of all this, it is even love poured out for all people who are lost in the illusion that superior weapons and dominant culture and state-sponsored violence will always win the day. The Romans may have smelled victory when they nailed Jesus' body to a cross, but the fragrance that filled all creation that day was the fragrance of God's more powerful love. In my heart of hearts, I think Mary of Bethany knew that deep in her body and soul when she anointed Jesus' feet. 
she was not only lost in wonder, love, and praise, but she seems to have also found herself. As a modern reader of this story named Debbie Thomas says, Mary recognizes the importance of meeting the world's brokenness, cynicism, and pain with priceless, generous beauty. Even as death looms, she chooses to share what is heartbreakingly fragile and fleeting, a fragrance, a sensory gift. Her perfume is her protest. Her scented hands are her declaration. In anointing Jesus, she declares that the stench of death will not have the last word in our lives. The last word will belong to the sweet and the sacred fragrance of love. Thanks be to God. Amen.